0: Welcome back to another special edition of Work Human Radio. I'm your host, Mike Wood. If you hear a baby in the background, it's because we're all at home, and I'm trying to record uh, this as, as much as I can without any distractions, but I don't have a big place, and I have a four-year-old and a four-month-old. I was able to get the four-month-old outside with my wife for a little bit, um, but if you hear a baby, just that's the way it is. Um, today, Cy Wakeman joined uh steve pemberton to talk about um drama and coping with covid and uh she's actually in mexico right now um she had gone down there before this happened and now she's kind of stuck there so we hope that si will be able to come back at some point um but we hope that she's she's healthy and, and happy and i'll let steve kick it off here steve pemberton our chro, with our good friend si wakeman Hi everybody,
1: I'm Steve Pemberton, Chief Human Resources Officer at WorkHuman. And today, as part of our Keeping Work Human series, I'm delighted to be chatting with my good friend, Cy Wakeman, drama researcher, international leadership speaker and consultant. How you doing, Cy? I
2: am doing great, and I love being called a good friend, so I consider that uh, right back at you.
1: Well, the last time we talked, You, we were both in O'Hare Airport. I had just landed, was going home, and you were going somewhere else. Uh, And we talked for quite a while, actually, given... We uh, did, that was nice. Right? And, uh, but we did not, we did not talk about this.
2: (laughs) No. Yeah. No way to see this coming.
1: Yeah. But, you know, given your, uh, you know, your career work uh, uh, on drama, as this drama was unfolding, I did think of you, and I was thinking... I know Sai has a lot to say about this. Uh, I do. Now. And and so that's kind of almost my first, you know, question. I mean, so I wanted to talk a little a little bit about what, about your your work on drama. Uh, but um, I want to ask first, so how's a family and uh, how is everyone in um, your immediate family and broader family?
2: You know, people... Um, are doing well i 'm actually on my own stranded in Mexico, so I am here for the foreseeable future i 've got one of my sons in San Diego, three of my boys in omaha and um, so people are are doing well um, I think uh, boys in their teenage years and twenties are Perfect. I mean, they're skilled at social isolation, so I think they they have really equipped themselves for that. So we're we're good. We recently suffered um, the loss of our 15 year old nephew. He was killed in a car accident a couple of weeks ago. So my family's got some healing going on.
1: Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, our, our condolences from your working you. family to yours. Uh, yeah. The. um the need to heal is going to be a conversation that we're going to have for, for the foreseeable future.
2: I think so. Are all your your family accounted for and
1: they are. Um, you know, the uh, uh we I three Gen Zers who are home uh <laughs> in varying stages of spring break or e-learning, you know, one of one of the two. Uh and then that and um and and the to-do list. Uh, Yeah. You know, spring cleaning and um, all that good stuff, all all that, all of that good stuff. So, um, you
2: know, someone pointed out to me that uh, many people in this generation and I don't know, I think they've been put in as um, generation Z's were, you know, born right at September 11th and then are, you know, graduating high school and college in these times. And that's really, I think both, Marked on their parents' brains, but also on their brains. So it will be interesting to see how people move out of this more resilient.
1: Yeah, very true. And while they were not of cognitive mind on 9-11, they certainly, you know, grew up in the context of, of that time. And what I've also found is that, you know, a lot of the research on that generation and where their mindset has been about how the world needs to be better more connected, more unified is actually, you know, coming coming to pass, not just in the you know the, the kind of the, the creation of, of of this crisis, and but more in terms of the actual response. Uh, you know, yeah.
2: for me, well, I often I think we're not learning a lot new as far as. People are asking a lot about how to cope. There's not a lot of like new ways to cope, but we certainly are being re reminded of things we've always known and universal principles. We just haven't been committed to or um, haven't become daily habits or we've lived in the luxury of not having to make some of this daily practices. And I think that generation has been telling us for a long time yeah. that we certainly could move through the world more skillfully.
1: Mm. And now, it is not an option but a necessity if if yeah. man, if human kindness to survive. Yeah, uh, I agree. Necessity. Well, I know that as all of this uh, began unfolding, you know, your your focus on drama in particular probably has taken on a new definition and a new understanding. And all of a sudden, we're all now thrust into drama, particularly because of this evolving uh, news cycle. And yet, we're also seeing you know, some real challenges that, that, that humanity is having and in, in, in trying to stay connected, grounded. You know, What tips and advice can you offer for those who are struggling with, with this new definition of drama? Sure.
2: You know, in the past, when I would go out and talk about drama, I think... People saw drama as those disruptions of their day, and they wanted techniques and strategies to deal with that. And now it really is um, more than techniques and strategies. It's like, how can I move through the world with some habits and some disciplines on how to, you know, we call it just be more skillful and be toggled up um, you know, as whether I was a therapist or when I was out preaching and teaching on the big stage, um, up until recently, I did a lot of just teaching people how the world works and how their mind works. And now it's like really calling for people to understand how their mind works. And the only way you're gonna do that is to really enter into a period of noticing. Now we're really good at noticing how other people move through the world. That's where our judgment comes from. But what I'm asking people to do during these times is really notice how you move through the world, when your mind races into the future, when you have regrets for the past, when you're wishing things were different than they are, when you're fighting with reality. And I think right now, One thing we can all be doing to get really clear about how our mind works is notice what increases stress, what decreases stress, because that will really be your guide right now to how to do self-care rather than self-soothing. But when you notice yourself and how you're moving through life, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, um, when you're operating in high self and when you're not, is you have to respond with compassion to yourself and others. And so I really, um, you know, I'm telling people this is a great time to really be a full-time student of how your mind works and then to be really compassionate and really in touch with what I call impermanence that, you know, if it's a feeling, it will pass. If it's a thought, you don't need to connect to it if you're feeling stressed, get out of the future, and really then focusing on, once you're noticing, how you can find some techniques and strategies that will get you far more skilled in the moment, and then how you can adopt some daily habits that will keep you well-practiced and well-disciplined so that you don't get hooked by your ego on such a regular basis. So that's kind of the, the outline that I've been setting for people um, in these times, love and compassion, number one, because we've got people who are being triggered in ways they didn't even know they had that from childhood. We've got um, You know, we're in close quarters with people we love and we're working in new ways. Like if ever there was a time where you're going to notice a lot about yourself as maybe um, your lowest self in motion, it's going to be now. And so you've got to greet that with a lot of love and compassion for yourself and for others. We're just super human beings and all of who we are is just really okay there are some things we can stick with that will help and some things that will hinder. There's mm-hmm. some ways to manage our energy and there's some ways to care for ourselves that will help. But, but right now, I really want people noticing and doing that with a lot of compassion and grace and mercy towards themselves and
1: others. It seems that one of the bigger societal challenges now is just managing uh, through an incredibly uncertain time with a complete lack of control, uh, seemingly, uh, you know, how have you seen people effectively manage uncertainty?
2: One of the key ways of managing uncertainty is to realize that if you ever felt certain or ever felt like there wasn't ambiguity or ever felt like you were in control before, that it really was all an illusion. Uh-huh. So to, to realize that even though your mind's telling you everything changed, you don't have control anymore. Everything's ambiguous. Everything's uncertain. Um, what I would like to say to folks is just welcome to your reality always. You're just tuning into it um so we haven't ever really been um certain and so some ways to move through that i always say if you want stress get a future meaning if you notice right now you and i and we both have so many privileges but most everybody in this moment they have what they need they have food they have you know um shelter or they have the ability to ask for help which is resilience Right now, that the only time that we get stressed is when we start thinking about the future. Yeah, but what about tomorrow? And what about next year? And what about next month? And while those are real concerns, I don't want to discount those for people. That in the moment, if I'm right here, right now, all is good. It's only when I get out into the future. So, one of the things I do a lot for myself is I use words like currently, I'm good. Today, I'm going to connect with Steve and my lovely work human team. For now, I am in a house being, um, being well. And when I came down after my nephew's um, funeral, I thought, I just want a couple of days away in Mexico. So I came down to Mexico, and very quickly, my team started calling, and we saw in one week... Um, Six months of our business completely wipe off the calendar. Just nothing left. Just one by one, us working with our clients on what they needed to cancel. We canceled our own Ditch the Drama tour. It'll be rescheduled. Mm -hmm. But I would tell you when I was perfectly in the moment, my reaction was excitement. And I'm like, what? All I've ever wanted in my life is a house on the water and the luxury of time. I have prayed my entire life for three months off, like three months to just do what came to my heart and to help people and to not have to worry about any of that. So for just a moment, I'm like, are you kidding me? I have three months off to write and podcast and I'm on the ocean and I'm stuck here. Yeah. Yeah. It was only when I went, well, wait a minute. How am I going to do this at the end of the month? How am I going to get back in the country? The only stress that came into my life, the only anxiety was when I moved out of that moment and into the future. And so I tell people to um, do your best to stay in the present moment Mm -hmm. and stay out of the future. Now that doesn't mean you shouldn't make plans for food for your kids for the next month, but, um, And the other piece of that whole thing is be very careful that you don't start thinking your feelings. So let's say I do feel anxious, right? That feeling is impermanent. But what happens is the ego picks up on that and starts thinking the feeling, So, I feel anxious, and the ego's like, Oh my gosh, you should, because we're all going to heck in a handbasket and nobody knows how this is going to end and it's going to be awful. And there's some things that aren't good about this situation. But when I start that, I'm just thinking my feelings and I'm building my anxiety. And so, one of the things I recommend to people is disconnect from the thinking, the concrete, the mind, and just find in your body where that feeling is. Let's say if it's in your chest. Breathe into that and just feel the feeling, but don't think your feelings because feelings will come and go and you can breathe through them. They may come back, but thinking your feelings will just keep the feelings alive. And so again, it goes back to some of these just very basic techniques that um, you know, we're trying to put out in the world to help people through them. Those seem simplistic, but I promise you they will be really good techniques
1: you know you you've uh, you've said that engagement without accountability creates uh, entitlement i heard you say that several yeah. times actually um and but that's exactly in a way what what we're dealing with in in the sense of these constrained ways of of engaging now and certainly we don't know how long this is going to go on uh so what thoughts and recommendations uh, you know, do you have for uh, driving and maintaining accountability uh, in teams uh, when you have that kind of uncertainty?
2: So uh, first of all, the message I give uh, in normal times um, is a bit harsher than what I want people using in these times. So I really do believe accountability is a big deal. But I also believe that you got to tend to the people first and um, which is what WorkHuman is all about, like really connecting in. But I would tell you that instead of focusing on this pining for when things get back to normal, I would recommend people accept that hopefully things don't ever go back to what we had as normal because in my mind, I'm hoping that people and work evolves through this on the other side, and that we can get through this as better people and better workplaces. And rather than, what happens a lot of times when something happens is people want to impact their world and they think that's accountability, but they miss the message coming their way and they resist being impacted by what's happening. And I don't mean traumatized by what's happening, I mean, impacted. So, as much as I need to stay focused and deliver what I can and reprioritize, I also need to look at what is this showing me about what wasn't working before and how can I curate my life going forward for now and for the future. And so, where people can really focus instead of like, this is horrible, we're all working from home. I love the word given. Given today we're all working from home, how can I be most effective? Given today and the changing priorities, what can I do to tend to my team, add clarity to the situation, and call people to greatness for a great future. Given that, at least for the next week, we're in this situation. Given in my company that we don't have the onstage bookings that we normally had, or that the Work Human conference is, you know, um, going to be held at a different time. Given all of that, what can I do to live out my values and to um, be the person that? I know I can be and to be impacted by this so that I can really take the current situation and innovate from it and move forward from it and use this as the opportunity to um, to work differently in the future, to have much more flexibility and readiness. Now, a lot of people are like, Cy, but we're suffering and we get into either or thinking and the reality is many things can be true. I'm very sad about what my healthcare workers that I love and it's most of my market are faced with right now. I'm very sad about this and I can be calling people to greatness. So I think Mm -hmm. accountability right now is not just, um, pushing people to deliver the same, but at home or, um, you know, keeping track of people or trying to, I think accountability is asking for people's commitment. Can I count on you today to participate with me in prioritization and participate with me in helping others and figuring out what we need to do? And then this is a time where you can grow in your resilience and resilience isn't about people being able to adjust quickly to working at home. Resilience is about people connecting with their network and all those positive relationships in their life because together we know how to work at home. I don't, perhaps, but together we do. So right. how do I crowdsource this? And then the accountability is just owning your part in this, what you're doing that helps and hinders, and then continuous learning so that we come through this more evolved.
1: Yeah, it's, it's um, uh, you know, in, in coaching uh, circles, that's uh, often described as kind of whole part and part, right? So uh, what is the whole goal, the whole focus here? Then what is my team's part? And then what is my part? And yeah. so it's part, part becomes the whole, but it goes up and down that kind of chain. And what emerges out of that is, is a way to become more flexible. And you know that um, you're part of something that is indeed greater and you're moving towards something that is very specific. You, you mentioned earlier uh, uh, resilience and, mm-hmm. uh, and agility now uh, forced upon us. You know, for for the most part, it is an age-old question uh, as to where resilience comes from. Is it nature versus nurture? Uh, In sociology, is agent versus structure? Like, what drives you know resilience? And the bigger questions can can you teach that? Uh, Which has been an often asked question, but in light of COVID nineteen warrants a different kind of conversation yeah. about whether or not it can be taught what's your what's your thought about about whether or not you can teach resilience and agility
2: What I like to do is cover all my bases so if we're looking at the individual, I think that um, some people are advantaged with their wiring and their genetics, and um, you know probably some of us most traumatized as kids are the most resilient or the most um Failure to thrive like you come, you come out of trauma one or the other i don 't think that 's a good way to get a bunch of overfunctioning resilient people um, going. Um, so I would like to cover the basis on the individual I need to go through some hardship to test my skills to get perspective, to burn off my ego to um, to prove to myself that I can trust myself and I can come through hard things, mm. but as a group right? We can be the insurance policy that as people move through that, no one falls off the ledge. And so I want people to be honing their own resilience right now and finding those skills that they can prove to themselves that they can do far more than they ever thought they could, that they can rise up rather than step down. And I want us to have a community of people that while people are learning this and developing this, holds people together that says, and I got you in case you miss a step on this mountain. And and so I think we all need to focus on growing our own resilience. But what we know about resilience from our research, um, I don't know where it comes from, but what we know People tell us what it is currently is not about people having superpowers or being able to go it alone, or they're just more creative or more MacGyver like. If you are our age and used to watch, you know, MacGyver, it's not about that for folks. It is about having a, a network of positive relationships where you've treated people really well so that when you reach out, people are quick to help you and asking for help early and often Brene Brown's work on getting vulnerable and the ability to say, I'm not okay. And I don't know how to do this and I need help. So I don't know where it comes from, but I know for me that I can go as far as my own individual powers But true resilience comes because I participate in a great crowdsource of kind of the world. And I have just this wonderful network of people that um, I'm willing to ask for um, help as needed. And so I like to cover all of our bases and grow the individual, but also plug them into a community that said, while you grow, if you make a misstep, we got you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, know that you're you're surrounded uh, by a village in essence. Yeah. Um, uh, that, um, and it's not a time uh, for, for you to have to present the facade of having it all under control.
2: Uh, right. Because part of resilience is being able to let people see you at all phases of going down and coming back up. Yes. Because as humans, we can't just see the people who won we need to watch the miracle of great people who, you know, went to the depths and came back up, which is, you know, I'm working on my next book called Life's Messy, Live Happy, right? What a appropriate time. But there's stories I've never told people. In my 20s, I was completely homeless. I lived in a pup tent after a a very abusive relationship. I, you know, coming out of my first marriage, I lost everything. I left that with my kids and and a million bucks in debt. And what where I have failed some people is I haven't let them, I, they see me from the stage, but I haven't really let them, you know, see me. You've done such a good job of this. You're part of my inspiration. I haven't even like told people that story of, mm. you know, life is so impermanent. You're down, you're up. There's all perspective. Everything's possible. Um,
1: yeah. So. Almost as if um, the, um, the thing that certainly that I, I came to learn, and I'll confess it completely caught me off guard uh, in, in writing my kind of coming of age and and uh, really challenges that weren't of my, they weren't my fault, but they were my responsibility. And yeah. so that's what I wrote about. But what I did not realize then that I realize now is oftentimes uh, the pain of our past is a present for someone else who's trying to figure out how to get through it. And they have such a hard time envisioning either because of the affect or the title or the company. There's no way I si could ever know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Because look at how polished she is and look at how well presented she is. And, and you'd have no idea, which sometimes is the miss. I think there's a companion piece around resiliency here. Sometimes the miss, I think, is that you don't realize that because of what she experienced is why she appears the way that she does.
2: And that's I love that you pointed that
1: out. Yeah, because in the moment, I think those, including now, in the midst of a struggle, aren't thinking about the skills that you're actually developing. Uh, And, you know, so whether uh, people who are in adverse situations uh, who emerge out the other side, they leave with these skills. They think faster because in many cases they had to as a matter of survival. Yeah. Uh, they're also solution-oriented. They're the people you want around a table when you don't know what to do. And they'll go, oh, I can I can see the light through the storms here because that was their, their, their storms. And so I'm hopeful that part of what um, will emerge out of this uh, will be a wiser... People, a more humble people. But I also hope that we will come off our pedestals a bit Mm -hmm. and talk about the struggles, the times when we weren't certain. uh, Because I
2: think if we value those ourselves, we'll quit rescuing people from them, meaning. Yeah. As leaders, yeah. I talk a lot about how we coddle people and then they're not ready for what's next. And there's this wonderful fine line between facilitating thinking about given the situation, how do we move forward and giving you the answers or trying to protect you from reality. Or, um, And I think it's so important as leaders right now that we're managing the energy away from why we can't to how we could but that we're not delivering all the answers. We're minding our own drama, so we're not, you know, dumping Mm -hmm. that on our people. But we get okay with some of our people in the struggle. We don't enable them away from the struggle. We encourage them to come to know what they're really made of. And, you know, many of us as leaders, we think we're good leaders if we kind of give people the shortcut and have them, skip the lesson, and that's my biggest fear, along with yours right now, is that we try and protect people from being impacted by this, not traumatized, but impacted, and instead as leaders want to just lead our team to charge forward and impact the world and succeed in spite of the facts, you miss the beauty of this growing you while you're growing beyond this. And so it's like, you know, when people travel, a lot of people plan out their entire travel and go out to be like an American in the world and, you know, see the things that they made in their list before they left our country. Mm -hmm. And they miss the whole part of travel, which is when you're out there and how travel can change who you are in the world. And that's the fine um, dance I want people involved in is don't just get your teams through this. And don't just get yourself through this. Don't just survive, but sit back and notice and have compassion and be evolved because of this. And that evolving is not something you can always work your way through. You have to be good with allowing yourself to be evolved by your experiences as well.
1: Absolutely. What what a, a great and uh, most important wisdom, that intersection uh, of growth that we all can benefit from because it necessitates the involvement of someone else in our growth process. And maybe a lot of the things, the artificial, superficial things that have divided us. Uh, you know, the COVID nineteen has made it abundantly clear it does not care. Yes. It doesn't care who you voted for. It doesn't care your religious affiliation, where or how you're raised. How it doesn't care. And and at the same time, the way that we're pushing back against this, the way that humanity is responding to it, is summoning all the different yeah. experiences that people have. You so you need you you need the people who grew up the way that you and I did uh or the or the communities that you and I grew up in like that's to be honest that is part uh, this has happened and uh, there's nothing we can do about the fact that it has uh but I am even in a moment of uncertainty like this I'm appreciative of how much it has focused us on the people uh who I grew up with in yes. my working class blue collar town of New Bedford where uh, I saw nurses and construction workers and mailmen and teachers. Like, I didn't see anything else. People didn't get up and go to work in suits or anything like that. So I grew up with a healthy respect, you know, for how important those roles were. Uh, and I'm, and uh, I'm just glad to see that as we emerge out of this, this is quite literally the people yeah. who are keeping society moving. Yes, uh, And that's been an appreciation that's been long overdue.
2: It is, and I don't want to be insensitive because we are going to lose people we love in this. This is horrid, and I said to somebody the other day, please don't let us waste a good pandemic. Mm.
1: Like,
2: don't let us miss the lessons in this. Don't let us, and, and what I'm worried about, if I have any fear, it is that people who jump in with what they know to be true and lead us out of this, the knowers, that knowing will keep us from knowing, like it's it's like the knowers who are jumping in and saying, "I know the way forward. Follow me." Now, yeah, some of the governors and, and folks, you know, are are taking a leadership role, but for the rest of us, I just don't want what you think you know to keep you from knowing. And as leaders, we just we're not managing people, and we don't have the answers right now. We're we need to manage away from why we can't to how we could, like. What world do we want to create and how can we get there? Um, recently in my company, we went away from vision and mission and values and all of that. And we came down to, we love to boil things down to the essence. If you joined our company, what do we want you to know? And we boiled it down to two things. One is love wins, always, if endowed. Love wins, like love unites it wins it's compassion it's not judgmentalism, like it love wins, and then the second is evolve yourself, and if you can take accountability for who you are as a person and be compassionate towards that and be always searching evolution in whatever situation you find yourself from, you will be a perfect member of our team, like we mean perfect. Yeah. And and I think that's what this really calls for is for each of us to get in touch with how fragile our lives are, how fragile our world is. And we can go this head down, scared and ticked and mad that people weren't prepared and judging and critiquing. You can go through that and you'll miss it. You'll right. miss you'll miss what this is meant to do to our hearts and minds. Um, and so I'm. Well, it's, uh,
1: it's, you know, not, you know,
2: stay curious. Stay open. Like yeah. connect with people.
1: Yeah, and and there's a um, a way for us to to ask ourselves: Does this advance a greater good? Everything you do from this point forward, does it advance a greater good? So, uh, looking to assign blame, for example, that does not. Is it advance, or hurting. Does, no, it it does not advance towards towards a greater good. So. Well, Sai, uh, as always, it is. Uh, I actually forgot we were recording this because it's kind of how our conversations <laughs> are uh, all, all the time. Uh, and I did wonder why you had a tan. I suspect. I think Sai has a tan because uh, I
2: walk in the beach two hours a day, listening to podcasts and trying to to write. And and we're coming out. We, it's hard to upload from here but i'm recording some of these other tools and techniques and we'll make sure we get those out to everybody on instagram and all of those places people follow
1: us and follow work human absolutely well side good good seeing you good good hearing you and we're almost certainly connect again
2: awesome i love you guys and i really appreciate especially now all the incredible people the world's put in my life so thanks for being one of those steve
1: and the, and the safe side. Thanks for being part of the work Human Family. You bet. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining me today. And a special note of gratitude to uh, my guest, Cy Wakeman. We hope that you will continue to join us to hear uh, from many of our thought leaders on how we are suddenly having to navigate this new world. And to do that and to learn a little bit more, just simply go to workhuman.com, where you will see uh, this interview and those we have done uh, in in the past. And if there are topics that you want to hear about or questions uh, that you have, please feel free to send them to me directly at steve at workhuman.com. And remember, life does find a way. Thanks for joining us.